minutes, 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Control Structure Episode 25, Lost in the Rice Cooker, for May 7th, 2013, with hosts Christopher Thompson and Andrew Bailey. And now, we're too broke to go there. And we are launched. Yay! So, Chris's Kickstarter is officially launched. Yep. Let me post the link. Oh yeah, I was I was gonna say like, oh no, I don't have the link. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. All right. Oh no, I don't know which uh, which tier to back you on. Hmm. <laughs> I should have I should have thought of this maybe a little bit beforehand. Hmm. Looks like I might go for the $30 tier. Definitely a tier I'm hoping a lot of people choose, though I wouldn't mind the $50 tier. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess this is the uh, big week. Yep. Or how it's been uh, big for you, anyways. Well, it's been alright for me, besides the occasional stomach flu and stuff. Uh, good things I owe. Stomach flu? Okay. People want me to do work. Uh, uh, anyway, have, continue. Have you been on a cruise recently? I have not. I haven't been on one for quite a number of years. Huh. Well, I think I think it was just the Indian food I made yesterday. That could do it. Oh, look, you got one backer already at thirty bucks. Nice. <laughs> See, I wonder who in the world this loser Let's is. See backer report. Oh, it's Andrew Bailey, number one. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Because right now I see you'll see who's backed this project once it has ten backers. So, you suck, Kickstarter. Wait, what? So, the page I'm at says, You will see who's back to this project once it has ten backers. Oh. So, I can't even see myself be the only person on the list. Hmm. Interesting. So, oh, yeah. Oh, well. Meanwhile, um... Let's see, since I'm not going to say that word, since it's apparently a bad word, because this is a computer science podcast, but 
I have been in a rather vicious cycle of feature removal at work. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, I mean, Google does it all the time. Well, except uh, Google is just being mean-spirited and evil, uh, whereas my stuff is more or less problems. Because, you know, Reader, I don't think, was exactly a problem. Although, more on Google later. Yep. Whew. So, uh, do you know any Chinese? I do know some Chinese, actually. Mm. Funny you should ask. Yeah. I, I know all the basic element symbols. And I know... One, two, and three. Okay. Well, that's better than it than nothing, I guess. Yep. Because if you notice all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, they had the Chinese symbol up at the very, very top. Hmm. What was that Japanese? Uh, I think that might be Japanese, actually. Oh well, it that the two symbols were real, no. Never mind, the only Chinese symbol I know... Oh yeah, the only Chin... No. <laughs> Scratch it, I'm in an infinite loop. Yeah. So, anyways, I have this uh, uh, webpage here that, uh, you know, sort of illustrates uh, some Chinese characters. So. Where'd you dig this one up from? Oh, from where I get my other sources of news. It's right there in the show docs, actually. Yep. So. Yeah. So. I'm not exactly sure how this will fit into computer science, but it's, you know, sort of, you know, investigating, you know, how, you know, people and animals work. But. You know, how uh, we make internal maps of our surroundings. Uh, apparently, it relies on more than just looking around. It also involves a lot of smell and sound as well. Hmm. So, to test this, um, someone put rats in virtual reality. So... Yeah, that's a rather weird concept, but, um, yeah. I guess we have to cover scientific articles like this since there are no science shows on the Nexus anymore. <laughs> so, speaking of science, uh, what have you destroyed in the name of science? Well, when I was young, I destroyed my mom's pencil sharpener. It went up in a glorious flame. <laughs> right inside. Yeah, I've taken apart uh, several machines myself, and, uh, like, I even had a, uh, I think it was an oscilloscope, uh, once, uh. that, uh, like, apparently didn't work anymore, but Dad's like, hey, you know, my son would be happy to have it and take it apart. So... 
Let's uh, fast forward a little bit, and uh, I'm not sure exactly how long ago this happened, maybe within the past month. A high school student by the name of Kiera Wilmont, um, let's see, a high school student in Florida, uh, apparently had an experiment to go wrong, in that um, apparently something exploded, and when all was said and done, she was expelled. For having a bomb on school property. So, this uh, girl here, she, you know, was, you know, a perfectly fine student, you know, uh, was suddenly expelled due to stupid bureaucratic stuff. So, oh well. So, uh, yeah, some people are getting up in arms about this, and rightfully so. So, a lot of. So, most most of the successful people in our nations are high school dropouts. Let's see what an expelled one can do. Well, maybe not high school dropouts, but definitely college dropouts. Yep. So, I believe I may have made a blog article about that point. But, uh, yeah. So, a lot of the scientists uh, have taken to Twitter and, uh, you know said stuff that, uh, you know, they destroyed in the name of science. You know, Miss Busters, mm-hmm. what had they not destroyed in the name of science? Yeah, but I don't watch TV. Neither do I. So... Uh-oh. But when we're talking about oil... It's not about Florida. It's all about California because everything is in California. All the important things are in California. Yep. And also Texas. Why Texas? Because Texas has a lot of oil. Mm, and, true. And produces more than California. You know, my recent activities on Kickstarter flag that you backed my project... So these projects that are getting hundreds and hundreds of Kickstarters, I wonder if they get a single count for every transaction. Hmm. Oh, well. Yep. Anyways, so uh, there apparently there is, like, far more oil underneath California, but it's not being drilled for. So... Mm-hmm. I think we need to start drilling. Yeah. Um, whereas in Texas... Uh, the oil, you know, rush, I guess you call it, this oil rush has, you know, spurred on a lot of economic activity for them. So, like, there's jobs and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, money going around. So much money that apparently the state of Texas does not have an, a personal income tax. Really? Yeah. But, um... So go get, so go get a job there is what you're saying. Well, if you're in the market, um, but I hear there's a lot of rednecks in Texas and a lot of traffic jams. Um, we're, we're computer scientists. We work from home. Um, yeah. Good luck with that. Unless you work for like Google or something, because if you work for Yahoo, you can't work from home anymore. Oh, yeah, I, re- I remember reading about that. So, anyways, so this uh, 
you know, oil boom has gotten a lot of economic activity, but people in California keep on electing, uh, you know, uh, governors and representatives and stuff, uh, you know, into leadership who are sort of opposed to fossil fuels. So none of this oil is actually, you know, being ripped out of the ground. So if California was, you know, more like Texas, you know, that that would improve their economic situation a bit and, you know, perhaps uh, halt the uh, uh, the sinking housing market over there. Mm-hmm. Because that would definitely help. Oh, because there's oil underneath of this house. So, yes, so I guess we don't have a Kickstarter of the week. I guess this is just a sort of uh, status report. Yep. So, um, as previously mentioned, uh, Chris has just launched his Kickstarter. So, go ahead and back that. So. Yep. And, uh, let's see, the... Oh, excuse me. Oh. Uh, Code Monkey Save World is closing in on a quarter million dollars with uh, about a week to go. So, That's really impressive. Yeah, this, this is going to be awesome. So, and uh, the Northerner, the symphony from Jeremy Soule, uh, he just sent out an update just today saying that the first movement is complete. Something that I have been living with for 18 years now exists. Which, uh, I brought this up in the Kickstarter in that if you've been living with it, it exists. But uh, apparently it has escaped the confines of his head and actually, you know, it happened. Raspberry? 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 Raspberry! 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 <laughs> so... I'm getting, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> well, anyway, the lack of seven raspberries. Um, apparently you can uh, build a rack of raspberry pies pretty easily. So... Uh, how, how many Raspberry Pis do you need to make a normal computer? Well, that CPU on there is pretty slow. Um, and if, uh, like that, uh, well, what was it? The War Game benchmark has anything to do about it. Um, you'd need, like, mm, 5,000 or so. Cool. To equal an i7 that I have. Cool, sounds like it's definitely profitable to make a supercomputer out of them. <laughs> or you can just buy an i7 for like 300 bucks. Nah, I mean the, the, these Raspberry Pi are only $25 each. True, but you need the equipment to, you know, bind them together. 
So quit this... quit worrying about a small detail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you, you could just stack them on top of each other. They come in boxes, right? Yeah, but five thousand cables lying around—that's a not small deal. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy got a seven-fourth Hewitt. Dude, I didn't do anything. Okay, your phone did something. I blame you. Oh, I got a text from my girlfriend who does not exist. Oh, how lovely. Tell her to shut up. Right. <laughs> so this Give guy got him. this guy got a uh, seven port USB hub and an eight port Ethernet switch to uh, you know to <laughs> get everything together. Cool. So, um, you mentioned something that, uh, you might be getting a new job soon. Yes, I might be getting a new job soon. It depends on whether if my promotion goes through or not to get more money. Well, fair enough. So, yeah. a uh, disenfranchised programmer, uh, Anonymous, it doesn't really... He doesn't really identify himself here or even where that's, he lives. That's fine. But um, he's getting kind of frustrated. So uh, apparently he was in like this startup or a contract to hire situation. And things went on that he didn't really like. So after three months, he left. And he's like, hey, I got a, you know some money here. Let me take off like a few months. Um, you know. I don't have any debts, and I have enough money to, you know, take off of work for a little while. So he, uh, you know, he planned to take two months off completely. You know, just, you know, do nothing, sit around, and, I don't know, like, play with his daughter or something. Uh, a month to interview, and another month to make sure that, you know, Maybe just for what he calls a buffer. Mm-hmm. case if nobody hires him. Well, guess what happened? He's now in that buffer zone. He's interviewed with ten companies and no job offers. Well, if he's looking for a job, I can get him a job very quickly. So he's he's wondering, you know, maybe he's a bad programmer. But, you know, he explains all that he does. You know, he contributes to open source. He's on GitHub. Uh, like, all of his buddies say that he's a good programmer. You know, it seems like he's a pretty a proficient guy. Um, but no one wants to hire him. Well, he also has to remember he's competing against other people also. True. So, uh... And he's competing against Offshore. Um, let's see, but, uh, you know, he reads a lot of books and whatnot, but, and, uh, you know, his, suspect, his problem is that, you know, all of his other jobs he got through direct references, you know, like, someone else, he knew someone within a company, and, you know, they said, hey, this guy would be a good guy to have, but now he doesn't exactly have that leverage, 
and as a result, his interview skills probably suck. Makes sense. So, and and it says here he never really got into any technical interviews yet. Uh, if he did, he didn't really make it uh, too far past. Correct. A, a, a lot of the first level of interview is just BS your way through, make yourself look better than you actually are. Yep. So, there, there is a little bit of fluff, unfortunately, when selling something, even if that happens to be yourself. Correct. Which is something I will be doing here in the next month or two. Yep. And I've noticed that my best jobs that I've had uh, come when I can wait around, and that generally involves having another job. Yep. I'm not. I'm not getting a job that pays less than less than what you g- have now. Well, g- g- given the rate of living and that amount, two thousand five hundred more than I'm making, given that rate exchange. Hmm. So if I were to move to California, I would want to make what I'm already currently making. Plus twenty five thousand. Uh, maybe a little more. Because if you're making what I'm thinking, I, I, you're making. I, 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 I'm not going to California to start off with too many crazy people there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think you need to be over six figures to live in California, at least comfortably. Yep. And Man. and probably New York too. New York's not on my list. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking for Hey, I thought you said you wanted to go to the East Coast. I am on the East well, I'm on the mid east coast. <laughs> <laughs> if you move north you could be on the midwest coast. Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but if I if I keep going north too much further I'll be in Canada. <laughs> and oh. then Alaska. Oh, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) So you heard about Paul Miller. Yes, I did. So it turns out that uh, he wanted... He uh, took a year off from the internet. And, uh, you know, he's like, Oh, so, like, without the internet, I'll have, like, all this free time because I won't be checking Twitter every five seconds. Um... Apparently, that's not exactly the case. So, uh, this is a, you know, sort of a proof that the internet does not make you lazy. I would think the... Okay, well, I suppose it would be relevant term, lazy. Because, I mean, he could have just been sitting on the couch, being a couch potato. Whereas... Whereas we're here, we are chair potatoes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, let's see, it was uh, shortly after the recording of our podcast last week, uh, and happened before I posted the podcast, uh, Paul Miller returned to the internet, and it was uh, broadcasted live, uh, obviously. Um and there was also a 
think it might have been a 10 or 15 minute video that, you know, put together that, uh, you know, pretty much explained, you know, what he did, how he did it. And he did mention that a lot of it was, you know, sitting around playing Xbox. So. Hmm. You know, I would almost say that his attempt would be nullified. How but, so? Well, because if you look at me, I would, by that definition, I'm really on the internet. Because I spend most of my time playing video games. Uh, do you use Steam with those games? Well, of course, that's where all the cells are, but... Well, I, I don't. I play single player, and I typically do not chat with people. Well, I mean, because it's interlocked with Steam, you are arguably online while you play games. Correct. So, uh, anyways, that's uh, it's a rather interesting uh, study here. So. Yep. So, uh, you hear about Wikipedia? I have heard about Wikipedia that they are asking for more donations again. They are. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> well, you know, thankful, thank goodness I have no script, so uh, that kind of kills uh, Jimmy Wales. <laughs> Save the whales! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this is a little bit uh, old here. Um See, probably about two or three weeks old here. That Wikipedia has finally moved over to MariaDB from MySQL. Uh, MariaDB is the sort of drop-in replacement that the creator of MySQL uh, has been doing for a while. Um, mm -hmm. He, uh, I'm not sure if he left before or after Oracle took over. Uh, but, you know, he's been doing this, and apparently it's a, a very much improved, uh, MySQL, but is still compatible with it. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, Wikipedia has, uh, moved over to it. Looks very, very, some, the tests look very, very good. Yep. I'll have to put it on my list of technologies to go research. Yep. So maybe maybe uh, it won't corrupt your stuff like it did with uh, Kickstarter. Corrupt my stuff like it did with Kickstarter. Yeah, apparently Kickstarter had a little bit of a boo-boo. Ah, that thing. A while back, oh. and it was like some sort of MySQL issue. Yep, where it kept replicating projects. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever been brainstorming? No. Because okay. for that, you have to have a brain to begin with. Oh. You're one of those robots, aren't you? Yeah, yep. <laughs> I knew it. But, uh... Anyways, you know, sitting around... You know, a good way to, you know, get some ideas flowing is to suggest bad ideas. Ah, uh, the McDonald's effect. Yes. I, I, I do this all the time with my, with my Indian friends. When, when, when they, when they can't decide where to go eat, I always 
such as Texas Roadhouse, the Outback Steaks. <laughs> uh, you're just, you know, playing the evil card. Yes. And it, and oddly enough, most of the Indians I hang out with hate to eat Indian food now. No kidding. Yep, no kidding. They eat Mexican food? Thai food, typically. Mmm. Which ne- I have taken a quite liking to myself. Never had Thai food. Very, very good. So, yeah, if you're in a in a situation where, uh, you know, no one's suggesting anything, suggest something bad. So... Yep. Well, yeah. a, suge- a suggestion is a suggestion. Yes, so... So, given my current luck, they would think the bad idea is the best idea and start implementing it. <laughs> yeah, it sort of also depends on your audience. But at least suggest a bad idea that you would be comfortable with. Uh-huh. In case if it does backfire. Yep. So... Have you ever been uh, negative towards people? No. Hmm. I what? hate you. <laughs> that's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought that was positive. Constructive <laughs> criticism, I think they call it nowadays. So, um, yeah, this dude has pretty much had it, you know, and says, "Nerds, we need to have a talk." And he, uh, you know, says we're all jackasses to one uh, to one another. But um, yeah, he pretty much says cut out the crap, you know, like stop, uh, you know, yelling at everything and start, you know, providing such constructive criticism like that. Uh, you know, for instance, you know, looking at, uh, you know, like a web page or something. Tables. What is this, the 1990s? This design looks like MySpace gorged itself on Fremster and vomited on GeoCities. <laughs> You're using the default hashing algorithm in MySQL instead of ByCrypt? <laughs> you should give up and see if you, they're hiring down at the local concrete factory because you, sir, have no business whatsoever touching, much less programming a computer. Yes. So I, 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 I do believe we do give each other a hard time. But that's to weed out the weaklings. Yeah, there is that aspect too. So, I mean, you can be that way to people you know, by all means. But, you know, probably not to just, you know, random strangers on the internet. Yeah, I, yeah, I do agree with that. So I, I would I would I would go out on a limb and say game of the far worse at this. Yes, especially the twelve year olds you find playing Halo. Yep. Cause, <laughs> Cause apparently all of them have slept with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyways, uh you remember Richard Stallman? I do. Yeah, he uh and you know the thing he says about DRM? He says that it's bad. And you know what? He's right. So he is apparently protesting the W3C, 
over the encrypted media in extensions to HTML. Hmm. Interesting. So, and uh, I believe they've already uh, delivered signatures, but you can still sign the uh, the petition against uh, DRM and HTML5. You don't say. Yep. I've signed it, and uh, that was uh, last week. Huh, cool. Yep. Well, another news. Do you watch much Netflix? Um, no. Well, Netflix Ted talks about how when when he gets Netflix to a new area, surprisingly the BitTorrent rate goes down and the Netflix goes up. No kidding. No kidding. So you mean people like actually want to pay to get stuff? Yeah, because, well, a lot of us are honest, good people that just can't find it elsewhere, so what do we do? We pirate it. Um, I think there might be some qualifiers in there. A uh, easy and affordable means to do so online. Yeah, I guess those would be two good qualifiers. So, um... Oh, crap. Let's see, so Ted Sandros, he is the, uh, let's see, chief content officer of Netflix. Um, So I think people want to, you know, a great experience and they want access. People are mostly honest. The best way to combat piracy is not legislatively or criminally, but by giving good options. It's one of the side effects of growth of content is an expectation to have access to it. You cannot use the internet as a marketing vehicle and then not as a delivery vehicle. Mm-hmm. That does sound about right. Yep. So, as a result, BitTorrent traffic goes down because, you know, fewer people are pirating video. So, um... You remember NASA? I do remember NASA. Wasn't it, quote, shut down from, or banned from outer space? Hmm. Maybe, but I don't think they really need to be banned from outer space. They're too broke to go there. <laughs> yep. Um, so, it, recently, a Chinese research scientist was uh, suspected of on spying at NASA... And, uh, so apparently, uh, federal agents boarded a plane, um, like, you know, pretty much at the gate where he was, like, trying to get back to China. And, uh, they, uh, stopped him and arrested him because, uh, you know, they're trying to think that he was trying to steal secrets. But apparently all that he stole was a laptop and some movies. Well, you might want to add porn. Yeah, there was plenty of porn on there, too, apparently. But, um, apparently no confidential or top-secret stuff. Hmm. Are you sure those porn weren't in- encrypted? Um, well, if it was encrypted, it was apparently decrypted. Because apparently they know that it's porn and not just encrypted stuff. Hmm. Well... Okay. 
So, um, let's see. I guess you wouldn't really wouldn't have uh, caught up on this, but uh, Debian, uh, a distribution of Linux, uh, Debian 7.0, codename Wheezy, has been released. But it has so many old packages that it's already obsolete. <laughs> um, for instance, it uh, has LibreOffice 3.5, and it's already up to 4.0. Well, this this is this is why you start seeing faster and faster recite uh, releases schedules. Yep. So then again, uh, Debian is made more for servers. So, True. At least the uh, very stable version. Uh, supposedly, if you uh, use the testing uh, repos, that uh, the packages are upgraded quite a bit more. Hmm. Oh. oh, it also has the OpenJDK on there, so I wonder how many Java holes that, that it has. <laughs> Probably all of them. So, so, anyways. So Moving you know, on. You know the terms of the uh, software writing, you know, world... Yes, I do, with software engineers that build stuff, yeah. and we have architects. Sounds, sounds almost like we're civil engineers. Yeah, like we're building a bridge or something. Yeah, though I've never understood why they're called civil engineers in the first place. Well, uh... I mean, they're, def they're, they're definitely not engineering civil people. Well... Uh, speaking of civil engineering, we're going to step away a little bit. Um, you remember SimCity 2000? I do remember SimCity 2000. So, you know, it's a little bit weird when my dad started using SimCity 2000 as an illustration of civil engineering. Like, he would ask people, you ever played SimCity? That's civil engineering. Hmm. That. That has happened many times. But, uh, anyways, you know, I guess you could engineer software, but, you know, software isn't built, it's written. So. Well, I would almost argue with that a little bit. With. With SOA. So, so, service oriented architecture. Well. You know, building different components. Yeah, like how you're writing different chapters of a book or, you know, creating different characters in a story. Yep. So. Huh. Got people asking me to do work again. Uh, but continue. <laughs> Excuse me. So, you know, engineers, software, you know, programmers slash engineers, whatever... Uh, are the authors. They start with an early draft, sometimes known as a prototype, an idea of the main characters, which are the features, and the arc of the plot, which are the use cases. They write a... <laughs> so, when was the last time you had a project that had all three of those? <laughs> well, I'll grant you that. There's hardly ever a prototype. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I haven't had that good of a laugh because 
as tech lead in my team now, I'm in charge of understanding all projects that are going to be coming into my team to support. And I got to say, there's hardly any documentations on some of them. So a uh, few chapters are written. Um, so the the uh, programmers learn how the characters are acting and whether the things are moving in the right direction. And you go back and the storyline is tweaked and iterated. Uh, project managers are the editors. They help the authors think through the broad themes that the novel is trying to communicate. Uh, they make sure that one chapter flows into the next and that the pacing is right. They look at the overall aesthetics of the work, the language used, the typesetting, and the format of the pages. They iterate, too. Mm. So, perhaps most interestingly, the authors and editors need to work together to determine when the novel is finished. Unlike a bridge, you never put the last rivet and make the last weld on a program. You can always revise a novel. The question is, will the novel be better or worse for the change? Well, you have, you have business people. Dude, can we add this feature? Can we make this, this? Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? Can we do that? No. Huh. Must just be the business I'm working with. <laughs> well, I, I know what you're talking about, but the answer to their questions... Mm, yeah, okay. Just one thing at a time, please. Yep. <laughs> or one thing at a time, please. Ah. So, um, do you have... I'm sure you have plenty of people still using Windows XP, right? You mentioned that. Uh, um, you know, I got in pretty much my entire team Windows 7, but they're so determined to keep using Windows XP. Wow. I mean, they just can't make that transition between the two systems. Well, so, uh, here's a solution. Um, let's see, some uh, Japanese prefectural governments have decided that when XP is no longer supported next April, that they will unplug the computers and tape up the Ethernet jacks. So this is a rather, uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure if it's uh, what sort of adjective you use to describe this, but a rather ham-fisted approach to it, uh -huh. I guess. So, yeah, I guess that is an option, of, you know, a rather simple one, but uh, probably doesn't solve the problem. Well... It definitely, it's definitely a start. So, yeah, but then again, these are governments, so they're pretty much broke as it is. True. So, you know what Los Alamos is? Los what? Los Alamos. Is that that quantum network that's been running for two and a half years? Well, down in New Mexico, I believe. So, well, I was sort of, you know, asking about the place itself. 
it does have a quantum network, but it's also like a major nuclear research facility. So, you know, maybe having a quantum network might come in handy. Uh, in fact, it's so handy that they've been using it for the, using uh, a quantum network for two and a half years. Hmm. I, th- I thought that was the name of the quantum network. Well, except Los Alamos is like actually the facility. They do a lot more than quantum networks. Well, doesn't mean they can't have that same location quantum network named that. Hmm. I suppose. I mean, do you see a name anywhere else? Well, it just describes where it is. Hmm. But anyways, so uh, quantum networks is you know sort of like the ultimate in uh, network security, in that the very principles. You know, I I, I would almost put it that within five years, this quantum network's going to be hacked. <laughs> well. You see, if a quantum network is hacked, you can be able to tell because of the principles of quantum physics, um, in that if you try to measure something that's quantum, you know, like a certain quantum spectrum or something, um, again, we need a science show on this network, so uh, anyone listening, uh, you know, please make a science show. Um that if you measure one of these things, that it changes. So if it's, you know, it's kind of split off and read somewhere, that, you know, some, you know, something of it will be off, and you'll be able to tell, oh, someone's, you know, eavesdro- eavesdropping on this, you know, on yes. this communication. But if, but if you still look at it, they still read the message. True. I mean, it's just like sending an envelope with it sealed and stamped. I I send it, it goes to you, you you open it, you read it. Bob, here's my bank account, blah, 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 blah. Deposited $7 million. You take it, you use that information, but you keep sending it along. Sure, I know that it, hey, it's been tampered with. So, at least that will, uh, you know key off, you know, some sort of alert system. True. And yeah, since it would probably be instantaneous. Yep. So, interesting things going along here. Yep. So, uh, (sighs) you had mentioned uh, Google services being cancelled. Yep. Are they cancelling another one? Uh, not that I've heard of recently. But, uh, can you, uh, sort of elaborate on how they do this? Sure, one moment. Sorry, just answering some questions at work. So basically, if the Google service does not make money, they die. And apparently, if they are social, they die a lot more. Really? Yes. So, uh, I thought the social ones would would be how Google made their money. Well, I mean, if you smell all the money coming off of Facebook, you'd think so. But apparently, that's not the case over at Google. 
Hmm. Interesting. So that means Google Plus should be gone within a while. Yep. So apparently over five years, a Google service has only 60% chance of surviving. Sixty percent? Yep. Heck, that's better than marriages. <laughs> so, um, I forget. You which. know, okay, new, new, new catchphrase within the next five years. As sure as the marriage as its Google service. <laughs> so, um, this, you know, this is this is from a study at Gwern.net. And it's a pretty exhaustive uh, statistical uh, math wizardry here that, uh, you know, analyzes this. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, with, <coughs> with uh, some of these conclusions, uh, the uh, he selects the Google services that are most likely to be shut down. Uh, and, you know, he has a top ten here. Uh, number one, Schemer. Number two, Boutiques. Uh, then Magnifier, Hotspot, PageSpeed Online API, Watson Wen, Unofficial Guides, WDYL Search Engine, Cloud Messaging, and Correlate. Whereas the, uh, most, the services most likely to survive are search, well, who knew, uh, <laughs> translate, AdWords, Picasa, groups, image search, news, books, toolbar, and AdSense. Hmm, interesting. So, and uh, over five years, uh, Google Plus is estimated to have a 79% chance of survival. Um, whereas Project Glass only has a 37% chance of surviving. Project Glass. Yeah. Well, they have, they have already released the source code, so... Yep, the writing's on the wall. Glass is not, uh, too much long for this world. Yes, but somebody else is gonna pick up this technology idea. No doubt. Hey, we can finally have an iPhone... Hey, we can finally have a Google Last with ads on it. Ew. I don't see a problem wrong with that. I mean, ads are how I stay up to date with what's currently entertaining in the world. (laughs) I mean, if it it wasn't for ads, I I wouldn't know half the games or movies that are coming out. True, but I don't think I would want that all the time being beamed into my eye. I mean... After all, apparently the internet makes you lazy. Nah, that was just disproved a little while ago. <laughs> Darn it. Well, by Andrew himself. <laughs> so, have you ever written a mass email message? I have written several, in fact. Um, especially with the uh, you know e-commerce work that I do. Um, apparently a favorite is, you know, have... You know, some sort of form on the site, 
and like customers will actually come and give stories about something and then they'll submit it and that story will you know be saved and it will also uh you know be sent to someone within a company so you know like actually formatting and presenting messages are you know sort of important so uh Vinay, uh from support foo uh, has 11 tips for e- writing effective welcome emails. So, mm. and I've, I've uh, gone through this list and it seems very, uh, you know, logical and friendly. Excuse me. Uh, number one, ensure the subject is interesting. Um, you know, it's easy to get lost and bored with a subject like welcome to product X. This is product X. I have your wife hostage. <laughs> um, some better ones here are the support foo ninjas are here to help, or support foo is going to change your life. Let me show you how. You know that 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 second one sounds like um, an advertisement that I would probably ignore. It also sounds kind of creepy. <laughs> yes. Um, see, write in a genuine and personal voice. That's always good. Uh, use a real name in the from field. Um, so something like Vinay from Support Foo is better than Vinay Sanhi, which is better than Team Support Foo. Um, ensure that it that this email can be replied to. Uh, nothing is less inviting than a no reply email address. Uh, yeah, here, here. Uh, echo the user's name back at them, because studies have shown that people love to hear and read their name. Really? So, you know, just make sure to collect their name at sign-up and spit it back to them in the email. If you can squeeze it into the email more than once, naturally, even better. And a yeah. very, a very interesting uh, suggestion... Be timely. Uh, do not send the email as soon as they signed up, and don't wait a day or two either. Uh, for support foo, the optimal time seems to be 40 to 120 minutes. Hmm. Interesting. By then, they probably have tried the product and still have it fresh in memory. So. 16... 4... Okay. Uh, make it unique and send it by hand. If possible, add a sentence or two very specific to the customer in the email. Obviously, this can't can't be automated and would not be practical if you have a lot of signups. True, but given you can write a somewhat generic personal message, like like the one he had in and in his demo. Yep, that can be automated. So, uh, ask a simple question. Do I really want to ask, do you have any feedback? Instead, reduce friction by asking a simpler question, like, do you need any help, or do you have any questions? Yeah, I've noticed that work whenever I ask people to give me feedback. They don't ever give me feedback. But when I ask them if they need any help, they always seem to like that answer. 
Or is there anything not clear? And now I typically try not to ask that question that they want me to explain the entire project because it's a lot simpler than them actually reading that, reading it. Right. So I avoid that question. <laughs> so provide onboarding tips. So, you know, something that, you know, they could use to, you know, get up and running. Uh, invite them to email you. So Yeah, and for that one you have to have a known return address. You have to have a return address. Well, that's sort of why you would. Oh. So and say thank you. Why? Well, because that you know says that you're at least appreciating the fact that uh, you know they bought your product mm. or signed up for whatever you have. So you hear about Syria? Uh, Syria as in Apple Syria? Um, no, I was thinking about the uh, the country where like there's a lot of fighting going on. I have not, no. So apparently Syria is going through a civil war and has been for like two years. And uh, apparently has gone offline yet again. What do you mean offline? Like nobody there has internet? Pretty much. So, according to uh, Google so, stats... So who, took, who took out the radio tower? Not sure. But apparently Israel recently did a uh, strike against them. So it might have something to do with that. Hmm. Interesting. So, um... I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Do you know about Next Computers? Um... Yes and no. Okay. Based on the image, it looks like something that I could pull from my garage. Yeah, it's pretty much that old, too. So, um, Next was the company that uh, Steve Jobs founded when he got kicked out of the Apple back in the 80s. <laughs> so, um, apparently there's a community, you know, sort of dedicated to keeping these things alive. So, and it, apparently they had quite a bit of uh, cutting-edge features at the time. And, uh, in fact, so cutting-edge that the first web server was made on one. Hmm. Interesting. And it featured, uh... 256 megabytes as opposed to the high-end Mac of 20 megabytes. Uh, Hard drives. Yep. In its day, this was the Ferrari of desktop systems. Yep. Didn't you have a laptop named Ferrari? Yeah, it was a Ferrari-branded Acer laptop. I still have it, in fact, but it doesn't run anymore. Then what's the point of having it? The memories, I guess. Just, just throw it in the trash. I'd probably recycle it first, though. So, 
Um, like, has the insides of this. So, apparently, these computers had uh, Motorola processors in them. And uh, it came with 64 megabytes of RAM, which occupied 16 RAM slots. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Apparently, these were uh, some pretty hot machines back in the day. Sounds like it. So, and the operating system that they ran was the, uh, is sort of like the early predecessor of the modern uh, Mac OS X. Anyways, uh, Ryan uh, gave us some feedback here. Yep, you want to go ahead and read those? Sure, he says, interesting Kickstarter there. Good luck. Thank you. So, go make ahead. Sure you, make sure you kickstart it. <laughs> yep, go ahead and get on there and back it. So, I uh, got some news on the Sam Eberts. He is apparently back and alive, but apparently he was really sick. Um, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but, um, yeah, apparently he was out for at least two months or so. Um, he says that, I find it absurd that someone would text during an interview. And, Agreed. Yes, you know. Though, though actually, if, if it was a young teenager who somewhat got out of high school within the last two, two or three years... I can kind of see, I can kind of see that a little bit. So, but, um... Continue. But not exactly a college grad. And, yeah, I and, mean, I would hope they, I would hope they'd be a little bit smarter. Yeah, and Chris, uh, just a little tip, uh, don't text during your interviews. You know, I turn off my phone before I walk through that door. Yep. I turn off all my phones. And if I'm if I'm talking to somebody and I see them, I say bye and then I hang up and I turn it off. Mm-hmm. Um, um, unless if somebody in my family has had a heart attack and was called me right at that moment, I'm sure the interviewee can understand. Yeah, but unless if that's happened, I'm cutting you off. Yeah, if someone's arm is not falling off, I don't want to hear about it. Correct. <laughs> so, um, Ryan says that speed dial is functional and it's clones, but I find that I want a different thumbnail presented. Plus, he uses Opera. Well, um, Squirrel uses Opera. Don't and, you, Squirrel? And I use Opera, you know, sometimes. Jokingly. Pretty much, but I do fire it up at least once a week. That's cool. So, I'm glad you talked about the AMD HUMA thing. 
This is the kind of thing that works really well for AMD processors these days, at least going forward. See, with these A-star chips, the integrated CPU and GPU. So, yeah, it does sound like a, uh, you know, an interesting concept. Although, I'm wondering how much this is going to cost them uh, versus, you know, investing that money just to make a faster CPU. Well, sometimes you have to dumb down the technology to move back forward again. True. I mean, Intel had to scrap the Pentium 4 in order to do the Core 2 Duos. So, Correct. So, he says, I think it's interesting uh, that AMD is pushing this technology in such a high-profile product. Well, not one, but actually two or three with the PS4 and Xbox Plus One. X- is that what they're calling it nowadays, Xbox Plus One? I think he's just referring to the next console Microsoft is going to release. Uh. Um, which I think should be in about two weeks. And I also also heard some rumors today that you can get you can get it for a lot less, but on a, like a monthly payment plan. You mean three sixties? Yeah, well, not 360s, the new Xbox is coming out. Hmm. Yeah, they... I think I've also heard stuff like that, but nothing's been set in stone. So. Well, I mean, because anybody can afford $15 every month, but yeah. not but not everybody can afford 400 at the door. Yeah, but I think it's still... I think it still would be cheaper to pay all of it up front. It would be cheaper, but that's not the point. The I point know. Is to, the point is to make money. Yep. So, uh, Ryan says, I really hope the consoles are more than just dumb terminals, and they function more like a modern smartphone OS slash device. They're aware of their potential and don't suck for things besides game. Well, I don't think I can hold my Xbox Plus 1 up to my ear. <laughs> well, that too. What? Wait, is that an advantage for the Xbox? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you if you actually drop it, it might start leaking. So, and Ryan also mentions that uh, you know during his presentations that uh, there is a projector uh, that we use sometimes, but it's attached to an old Dell desktop that cannot output to two displays via the video card, so it sucks. So he uh, VNCs into it with his phone. So that's all a, right. That is an interesting uh, way to do it there. Yep. So, if you would like to uh, submit feedback, uh, use the contact function after you're done listening to this. And don't forget, today is International Backup Awareness Day. So back up uh, your stuff every day. Yep. And, you know, oddly, I have gone through and deleted most of my stuff. Oh, yeah, because people were complaining that you are backing up your 100 gigabyte emails? Oh, I'm not worried about that one at work. I'm talking about at home. Really? I have recently gotten rid of roughly one terabyte worth of duplicated backup stuff. Hmm. So, have you, uh, like, actually deleted some of your stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, I can fit all my stuff 
on a one terabyte drive now. Congratulations. In- including all my backup stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Uh, huh. Anyways. Um, I guess if you haven't heard, I now have three monitors. So I have joined the three monitor club. I have not heard that you have joined the three monitor club. Well, congratulations. How do I get three monitors? Oh, actually, I don't even have desks. So I, could, I suppose I could start using my wall. Hmm. Like, mount on my wall. Right. And that would certainly clear up desk space. You know, I just might do that and see if I can mount these stupid monitors on my wall. And then that would clear up retail space. Retail? You know, desk does not have a lot of space on it, and every spot is precious. Yeah. A uh, desk estate? Ah, desk retail space. So, and you know, I have not seen my roommate yet. Uh, which one? The one that's supposedly living with me. Oh, did he get lost in the rice cooker? No, I che- I checked that this morning. Hmm. And he's not at work. Uh, you sure you didn't go to India and can't come back? No, that one finally came back. Really? Yeah. Long, horrific story that's somewhat classified and I can't speak of it much. Well, we can enjoy it from here. Huh? We can enjoy that from here. Yep, I'll tell you about it later. (laughs) So, anyways, uh, let's see. What am I going to be doing this week? Uh, Work? Sleeping? Eating? Drinking? Feature removal? Bowel movements? Yeah. Talk about sleeping. (laughs) So. Sounds like somebody's tired. Yeah, I'm just kind of wiped for some reason. Mm. So, I guess that'll be it. So, unless you're doing something. Uh, no, I'm thinking about going to bed because I'm not feeling too well. All right. Well, I'm with you. So, have a, uh, I forget how, how we do this. It always, I haven't been. Have a good one. Have a good one. That's it.